0: Hello, and welcome to Morning Prayer at St. Paul's Lutheran Church in Edison, New Jersey. I thank God that we're able to be together uh, in prayer this morning. This is Thursday, and we're in the fourth week of the Easter season. Easter is not just one day, but it's a season made up of a week of weeks. This week, we continue our reading of the Acts of the Apostles, and today we head out with Paul and Silas as they travel far from home to share the good news, and we meet some new heroes of the kingdom, Lydia and Timothy. Please feel free to send me an email with your stories, insights, and questions uh, of how uh, the God, Lord has been at work in your life uh, as you've been on this journey uh, with the Apostles this week. You can send me an email to Pastor Jim 2006 at icloud.com. And now we begin our time of prayer in silence. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Satisfy us in the morning with your steadfast love, O God, that we may rejoice and be glad all our days. Praise to the blessed and holy Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, who gives life, salvation, and resurrection. Alleluia. The Son of Righteousness will arise with healing in his wings. O come, let us worship and praise. You have been born anew through the abiding word of God. A reading from Acts, chapter 16. Paul went on further to Derby, than to Lystra. There was a disciple there by the name of Timothy, the son of a believing Jewish woman, but with a Greek father. The Christians in Lystra and Iconium spoke well of him. Paul wanted Timothy to go with them, so he took him and circumcised him because of the Jews in those regions, since they all knew that his father was Greek. When they went through the cities, they handed on to them the decisions which had been taken place by the apostles and elders at Jerusalem, so that they could observe them. The churches were strengthened in faith and grew in number every day. They went through the region of Phrygia in Galatia, since the Holy Spirit had forbidden them to speak the word in the province of Asia. When they came to Mysia, they tried to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus didn't allow them to do so. So passing by Mysia, they came down to Troas. Then a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man from Macedonia was standing there, pleading with him and saying, Come across to Macedonia and help us. When he saw the vision, at once we set out finding a way to get across to Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the good news to them. So we sailed on from Troas and made a straight course to Samothrace and the next day to Neapolis. From there, we went on to Philippi, a Roman colony that is the chief city of the district of Macedonia. We stayed in the city for some days. On the Sabbath day, we went outside the gate, to a place by the river where we reckoned that there was a place of prayer, and there we sat down. Some women had gathered, and we spoke to them. There was a woman called Lydia, a God-fearer who was a seller of purple from Thyatira. And the Lord opened up her heart to pay attention to what Paul was saying. She was baptized with all her household. If you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, she begged us, please come and stay at my home so she persuaded us as we were going to the place of prayer we were met by the girl of a spirit the girl who had a spirit of divination she and her oracles made a good living for her owners she followed paul and the rest of us these men are servants of god most high she would shout out they are declaring to you the way of salvation she did this for many days Eventually, Paul got fed up with it. He turned around and addressed the spirit. I command you in the name of Jesus the Messiah, he said, come out of her. And it came out then and there. When the girl's owners saw that their hope of profit had vanished, they seized Paul and Silas, dragged them into the public square before the authorities, and presented them to the magistrates. These men, they said, are throwing our city into an uproar, They are Jews, and they are teaching customs, which is illegal for us Romans to accept or practice. The crowd joined in the attack on them, and the magistrates had their clothes torn off them and gave them orders for them to be beaten with rods. When they had thoroughly beaten them, they threw them into prison and gave orders to the jailer to guard them securely. With the instruction, he put them in the innermost part of the prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. Around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was a huge earthquake which shook the foundation of the prison. At once, all the doors flew open and everyone's chains became loose. When the jailer woke up and saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and he was about to kill himself, supposing that the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted at the top of his voice, Don't harm yourself, we are still here. The jailer called for lights and rushed in, trembling all over. He fell down before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them outside. Gentlemen, he said, will you please tell me how I can get out of this mess? Believe in the Lord Jesus, they replied, and you will be rescued, you and your household. And they spoke the word of the Lord to him, with everyone who was in the house. He took them at that very hour of the night and washed their wounds, Then at once he was baptized and all his household with him. Then he took them into his house, put food on the table, and rejoiced with his whole house that he had believed in God. When day broke, the magistrates sent their officers with the message, Let those men go. The jailer passed on what they said to Paul. The magistrates have sent word that you should be released, he said, so now you can leave and go in peace. But Paul objected. We are Roman citizens, he said. They didn't put us on trial. They beat us in public. They threw us into prison, and now they are sending us away secretly? No way. Let them come themselves and take us out. The officers reported these words to the magistrates. When they heard that they were Roman citizens, they were afraid. They went and apologized, brought them out of prison, and requested that they leave the city. So they had left the prison, they went to Lydia's house. There they saw and encouraged the brothers and sisters— And then they went on their way. The word of the Lord. I think uh, in this chapter it helps to have a map. The Bible that I've been reading from includes a little map with each chapter so we can get a visual sense of where Paul and Silas are going. Now we're a long way from Jerusalem, and Paul and Silas, led by the Holy Spirit, are going farther still. They cross the sea. They land in Macedonia, and they spend some time in the Roman colony of Philippi. In this chapter, we also met two pillars of the early church: Lydia, the dealer in purple goods, who opens her home to the newly forming church in the area, and Timothy, who becomes Paul's protege and the pastoral presence in many of these communities after Paul moves on. But as soon as has been, or but as it has been in almost every stop. Uh, Paul has run into trouble with local authorities. This time he has set free, a slave woman, set her free from a spirit that her owners had used for profit. Paul and Silas uh, are beaten with rods, thrown into prison, and when an earthquake breaks the jail open, Paul and Silas are then given a chance to show love and care for their jailer. The jailer and his household believe in the good news and are baptized, and They eat together. They extend hospitality to Paul and Silas. Paul and Silas receive it, uh, and that connection is together. And so we can see now what's really at stake in being able to dine with Gentiles, especially those who have become believers as well. Now we might think that with that kind of a brutal start in Philippi, Paul would harbor some kind of resentment towards the rest of the Philippians, and yet... Paul's letter that he writes uh, to the Philippians later on is one of the most upbeat and inspiring letters that Paul writes. They truly do have a special place in Paul's heart. And we start to understand how Paul can see the suffering he endures to share the gospel, to see how it is worth all that he suffers for the sake of the people of the congregation that he starts. He loves the Philippian church. And so to him, The sufferings, the beatings, it's all worth it. The faithful added to the fellowship in Christ, he says, are his reward, his testimony, his resume. Have you ever wondered what it was like to be a Christian in those early days of the church? For those of us who have grown up in the church in North America, here in the United States, it it might be especially difficult to grasp the change of life that went hand in hand with faith in Christ and love for sisters and brothers in Christ, and in every way, shape, or form to become uh, the kind of lover of foreign oddities to your fellow country people. To be loyal to Jesus would have put you out of step with almost every aspect of daily life around you, especially in a Roman colony like Philippi. You can hear it uh, in the charges that they bring against Paul and Silas, accusing them of being Jews that are teaching things that are unlawful to have Romans accept and do, by seeking to turn people away from their local gods, by setting slave uh, women free, uh, by casting out the demons that control them. We Can we... When push comes to shove, uh, I think we can see that they're looked at as troublemakers, as destroyers of this pagan society. One of the charges leveled against Christians in that day was that they were atheists. As we make our way through the rest of Acts, maybe pay attention to how the church functions when it has no power or no hope to have power when it is looked on with suspicion by those around them. It might be interesting to note how the Holy Spirit inspires them to act, and acts through them powerfully, with a power that doesn't come from from government or from any other source, but simply from the Holy Spirit being present with them. Might we learn something from our ancestors about how, not only to follow Jesus, but to witness to his life-giving power in the world especially in a world where it seems that other concerns reign supreme. Oh, and one more thing. Did you notice that suddenly the narration is switched from the, to the first person plural from the, the third person? Do you think that this is where Luke himself, the author of Acts, has joined Paul's team? It also, by doing so, gives us a chance to put us right there in the front, In all these adventures that the Holy Spirit is guiding and leading them through. Guiding them and leading them to share the good news. In Jesus' name. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. Blessed are you, Lord, the God of Israel. You have come to your people and set them free. You have raised up for us a mighty Savior, born of the house of your servant David. the dawn from on high shall break upon us. And you, child, shall be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare the way, to give God's people the knowledge of salvation by the forgiveness of their sins. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us, to shine on those who dwell in darkness and the shadow of death, and to guide our feet into the way of peace. In the tender compassion of our God, The dawn from on high shall break upon us. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Mighty God of mercy, we thank you for the resurrection dawn, bringing the glory of our risen Lord who makes every day new. Especially today, we thank you for the sustaining goodness of your creation, For the new creation in Christ and all gifts of healing and forgiveness. For the gifts of relationships with others. For the communion of faith in your church. For what else are we thankful? Merciful God of might, renew this weary world. Heal the hurts of all your children and bring about your peace for all in Christ Jesus, the living Lord. Especially this morning we pray for the afflicted, the sick, the mourning, the grieving. We pray for those who govern the nations of this world, that they would do so with wisdom and on behalf of their people. We pray for people and countries ravaged by strife and warfare, that you would bring healing and peace. We pray for all who work for peace and international harmony. We pray for all who are striving to save the earth from carelessness and destruction. We pray for the Church of Jesus Christ in every land. For what else, or for who else, are we praying this morning? Almighty and everlasting God, you have brought us in safety to this new day. Preserve us with your mighty power that we may not fall into sin nor be overcome in adversity. In all we do, direct us to the fulfilling of your purpose. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And if you find yourself chained up in a prison of any kind today, join with all God's people in singing praise and hymns to God. And who knows, perhaps the earth will shake and doors will be opened and chains will come off. Thanks be to God. Amen.